Titch, done. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone. Welcome to the Gym and Tonic podcast episode six. I remember my line. <laughs> With me, Tim Chase, and the co-host, Mr. Chris Kenny. And I wrote my name. What's up? <laughs> I think we nailed that. That was it. Um, so, we have absolutely nothing to say today because we've put this much thought to it. Um, <laughs> what have you been up to, mate? Apart from playing with your cat. Oh, see, I was hoping to get the cat to make his debut. I had him. We had some technical difficulties. Now he's gone away. I didn't swear. He's gone away. And he said, I've had enough of you. So what have I been up to this week? Home workouts, very few and far between. Bit of cardio, bit of wrestling. Obviously, lots of work, like I'm sure you have as well. But yeah, nothing that exciting, to be honest. Lots of... Real life stresses, I say. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Same, mate. Today I've had off work, so it's been a day of the boring, grown-up life admin. And it's really annoying, because we had such a fun intro plan with the cat, and then I went to get some water, and there was a fox staring at me through the window. And we had yeah. such a fun intro, and we've completely ruined it, I'll be honest. But foxes, mate, let me tell you about this fox in the garden, yeah? So we have two that come to the garden, and they are clever. So we throw old food out for them, you know, as you probably shouldn't, but we do, never mind. So the other day, one of them's like looking around for us, staring through the French windows. And next thing you know, he's tapping on the window. Like <laughs> idling, tapping. They, they are that clever. They will, they will watch you go from one room to the next and they'll kind of do what almost dogs do. They sort of stare through the window, knowing <laughs> like if they stay there long enough and kind of turn their head like this. That you're oh. going to oh, well, I've got to throw something to them now. That's it. Wow. Yeah. So That's you're adopting them, I suppose? They're going to be your real pets now, or what? Yeah, do you know what? They come through the garage, so I wouldn't be surprised if they start coming into the house, which is going to be interesting, so... Yeah, that might be a bit of carnage. Say goodbye to your sofa. I mean, it's the, it's the parents' house, mate, so... That is it. <laughs> is what it is. Um, so, yeah, apart from that, nothing exciting. But today's guest, you know... Nothing about the man, which is great. It is an absolute giant of a man. He's a big dude. As I said on my Instagram stories earlier, he's probably the scariest man I know, like literally the scariest man I know, but also the nicest man I know. Yeah, that's a good balance. Let's find out more about this absolute lunatic of a man and let's uh, invite him on. Well, hey. There he is. Finally, Wes, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good in yourself, Tim, the big dog Chase and Chris. Nice to meet you guys and uh, finally get connected. <laughs> it only took, took three men ten minutes to get connected on the same call, but we got there. Yeah. Flawless, flawless. Professional podcast we have here. Welcome. <laughs> Let's not tell anyone about the glitches, otherwise, yeah, they start judging too soon. <laughs> that's true that's true anyway Wes what have you been up to mate what have you been up to since we last spoke well we haven't seen each other for quite some time um obviously everyone's been in the same boat and we've all been in this lockdown so um uh difficult times I've been working all the way through um not so much predominantly with my close protection but um still with the security roles um I've been training non-stop like an absolute animal as always and um, 
yeah, finding loopholes and ways around things since the gyms were shut. Um, one of the actual gyms went into liquidation, so I bought all the equipment from that gym and put it in my uh, garage. Just had my own uh, <laughs> own gym at home. <laughs> How big quite... is your garage? Well, uh, this is the problem. So I didn't quite think it through. Um, so the, <laughs> the equipment started rocking up and uh, got all laid out on the front lawn. My wife just said to me, no, get, get it out of here. We, we're not a gypsy camp. You need to move this. <laughs> so um, started moving it, setting a few machines up. And eventually I was on the phone to all of my friends saying, listen, who's got space in the garage? Can you have this machine? Can you have that machine? And so I was darting around to everyone's house, training different body parts just during different times of the week. <laughs> that is amazing. That's brilliant. Yeah, it had to be done. All we said was, you know, leave the garage open. We'll stay away from each other. So there wasn't that conflict of two meters and everything. Once yeah. the person finished, wiped it down, then they got to use it as well. So um, constantly on the train. So. Wow. <laughs> There's a slight problem with you in the two meter rule. I was trying to do the image for the podcast and I couldn't fit our heads in next to your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> the two meter rule applies to everyone else except me, okay? If I put my arms out, it's like a five-meter rule, isn't it? <laughs> um, Wes, before, before Chris delves into your crazy past, which is literally crazy, um, tell everyone a little bit about sort of who you are, what you do, and first of all, what your stats are, mate. Like what, the, 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 literally the wingspan, because you are <laughs> one big dude. <laughs> well, right, so um, my name is Wesley Grant. Everyone knows me as Big Granty. Uh, I've been called that since... I started boarding school back in yeah my teenage years. Um, after that, joined the military. We also get called by surnames, so it's just stuck. And everyone's just known me as Big Granty. Sometimes my wife even she's like, yeah, Granty, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so kind of confusing when people say Wes. I'm like, who's that? And I've got to click to both names sometimes. Um, I'm originally from South Africa, uh, born and bred. I came over to the UK uh, to join the British Royal Marines. In 2006, um, joined up. I was ooh, 19 stone at the time, uh, quite a lump. Uh, couldn't run uh, more than a mile, um, just lift heavy things. And um, <laughs> it, it worked against me. And they said, right, we're going to swap that out. So you know, left all the weights, carried on running. I dropped down to about 14, uh, 15 stone and I passed out at 14 stone, um, a little racing snake where I could run for miles. So. Couldn't lift anything though, so uh, <laughs> I sacrificed half of it. Um, yeah, during my time in the military, um, and I did two operational tours of Afghanistan. Um, they were quite interesting, to say the least. Um, they were in Helmand Province. Uh, Sangin, DC was my first one, and the other one, um, well, put me on the spot there. I've forgotten, I think Nadi Ali North. Um, Where? <laughs> Quite hairy. <laughs> yeah, I think I try and forget that, you know, I try and erase that part of the memory. Um, yeah, there are certain things in life that you don't want to hold on to. And I suppose I've been there, I've done that, served my time in crime. And uh, yeah, you know, just take the good things from it. So yeah, uh, what else can I say from that? Uh, that's about me quick. Um, six foot three, currently sitting at 112 kilograms. Don't know what that is in stone. I just watch numbers climbing, <laughs> climbing <laughs> on that scale. <laughs> and I, I think I'm fat. I'm like, oh, geez, I better lose some weight. Um, <laughs> um, I'm about a size 13 shoe. Um, I've got 
Yeah, wingspan of about a, <laughs> an eagle plus 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, like Tim mentioned earlier on in um, some of your social media, I'm just a big friendly teddy, you know, a big giant. Um, <laughs> don't, don't get me on the, a bad day though, but uh, <laughs> yeah, what more can I say? <laughs> Awesome, man. Um, I want to touch, if I may, on your military history. Now, I don't, I'm not going to go into depth about, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. I want to just kind of get a feel for, was that something you always wanted to do or did it just kind of come about? Uh, yeah, so what gave it away? It looks like I'm holding a weapon, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've actually got my army man in the back, but um, yeah, I didn't take him out just because I thought we'd keep this a family podcast. That's so. it, yeah. Um, mate, won't last long. It won't be family for long. <laughs> so, um, yeah, back in South Africa, um, I always wanted to join the military. Um, my father said to me, joining the South African military, yeah, it was once upon a time rated one of the best military forces in the world. With, we had 32 recce battalion. Um, but things changed. Um, the whole discipline, the whole um, structure, the whole command, Everything changed so much to say that my dad said it wasn't worth joining the South African military. At that present time, actually, funnily enough, one of his friends had come over um, for a coffee or a chat, and his son was actually out on a recruiting drive in South Africa at the time for the Royal Marines. And he told him a bit about it, and he said, well, you know, the British Royal Marines, the elite of the elite, um, you know, do you want to maybe try to join them? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, if they're the best, why not? Yeah, let's go for it. And um, within a matter of six, six or eight months, I think it is, sold everything off, um, sold the car, sold everything, packed up a bag, uh, put it on my back, moved over to the UK um, to join the Royal Marines and never looked back. I came over with one bag on my back and 50 pounds in my pocket. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, so it was an ambition. Um, to be a soldier, um, an elite fighting force, and everything just fell into place. The cards aligned, and yeah, it worked out. Um, yeah, alive, which is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> on on that note, you, you've you've escaped death quite a few times, haven't you? You know, looking at various <laughs> news articles. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of strange because every now and then another little incident crops up, and I was oh yeah. I forgot that time that I had a parachute malfunction or that time that I was in that accident or, and people are like, oh, you're just absolutely bonkers. But um, I don't really look at it as in a, a blessing or anything. I just see it as normal life for me. Um, everyone's got their cards laid out. Uh, you know, they, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You, you can't change that. It's going to be the inevitable. Your life will pan out regardless. And I think mine was just a series full of tests to keep me on my toes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've been in the article, there's everything from I've been shot, I've been stabbed, I've been set on fire. Um, and you know, funnily enough, I'm actually uh, part of the fire service. Um, I couldn't stand uh, a fire for about 20 odd years, close to 20 years, 20 years, 2010, 2020. Yeah, it's about 20 years. Wow. Um, I, I couldn't even go near a barbecue and be in South African, you know, fry my favorite food. <laughs> yeah. I was always in the background when everyone was turning the meat and saying, just let me know when it's done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> Grant, um, yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of people have, um, I don't know if you, if you want to touch on it at all, but as soon as they saw your articles, people have questioned like, what, how, how has he nearly been set on fire? How has he been shot? Can you give us any more insight into any of these incidents just to kind of give us a little bit of an understanding of how you just accidentally happened to get shot? Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> We don't need all the details, but just to give us a little bit of a, a summary of what the hell was going on in your life. <laughs> The, the shot one is actually a crazy one because I asked my friend to shoot me. Uh, <laughs> right, I know that sounds absolutely bonkers, but because of all the tests up until that point, I thought, well, I wonder what it's like to be shot. So um, he had an ammunition round, which was a .22 caliber round. Um, I stood at the end of the garden, he stood at this side of the garden, took aim, and I uh, turned around and he shot me in the back. Thank goodness it missed my spine because I think I would have been paralyzed if he had hit it. But um, came over, we wedged the bullet out, and um, that was it. You know, put a plaster on and carried on. So <laughs> that was the shot side of things. I, I was not expecting that answer. I mean, I've started, betting, I've started betting recently, and if I was to put money on how you got shot, I would have put nothing on that being the story. <laughs> I was expecting in the trenches, put my head up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so in Afghanistan, obviously, you know, we have incoming rounds. It's, you can't even explain it. It's, it's something, if you've never been there, you'll never really know. And your heart's racing, the sound of a cracking bullet over the top of you. It's, yeah, it is it's petrifying. And people that don't say that and people that are like, yeah, it's just what it is. They're lying to you. Absolute bullshitters. Because everyone, I don't care how big, how strong, how monstrous you are. You're shitting yourself. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's just one of those. Um, so I, I needed to test myself. Um, what was it like to be shot anyway? <laughs> I don't think we actually found out. Did it did it hurt or was it one of those ones where you... come round mine if you want? You know I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah was, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll have a look in my diary. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, it's it's, it's one of those that. Um, it's a force, it's an impact force. It's like taking a punch. Um, but then with that punch, it's a stinging, um, how can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't explain. Uh, just that massive force, massive pain instantly. And then it's a kind of calm um, because that instant where you pierce the skin, you, you know, the bullets stop. Um, it, it is what it is. But yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, being set on fire, um, that was back in my school years. I'm trying to remember dates, but my memory's not the best. Um, I was on a rowing camp, and um, we had set up the, the, the whole camp, waiting for the juniors to come across. And we, we had taken a walk to the one bridge, throwing some stones into the water, just chatting. And a fire had burned through the open fields where we had just walked. So one return, uh, most of the guys were, you know, um, making a bit of a dart through through the open area. There was a fence that you'd have to scale and run through the open sandy patch. And I just torn the ligaments in my ankle from playing rugby a couple of months, well, weeks before. So I decided to run around. And um, on my <laughs> course around this fence, um, the wind blew, everything recombusted. There was flames bigger than me. Um, board shorts started melting towards, well, onto my legs. My flip-flops started melting. Um, I just turned around and ran, and by the time I had stopped static in the position where there was no burning 
grass or anything. Um, it was too late. Um, burnt the soles clean off of my feet. Um, all my toes had melted together. Um, <laughs> my board shorts were melted to my, my legs. And yeah, um, one of my friends picked me up, threw me over his shoulder, took me as close as we could to the water because we thought, yeah, fire, water, you know, <laughs> safest place. Yeah, so um, yeah, and then a big firefighter um, came, threw me over his shoulder. He was a seven foot something. He was monstrous, but um, threw me over his shoulder, walked me out. I got taken to a hospital and I had to learn how to walk again. I was in a wheelchair for about seven or eight months and then on crutches for another three, four months after that. So it took me a full year to learn how to walk where my legs were actually smaller than my arms, but my previous arms, not these arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. So th there's loads of stories. I mean, I had a skydiving parachute malfunction and I snapped two of the lines. I've got about 800 pound braking strain and um, I had done a formation skydiving coach um, level one, level two with one of the, the, the newbies. And um, as we had obviously turned to, to track away from each other, I, I had sunk out. I turned, he turned, and I couldn't deploy, otherwise I'd wrap him up like a Christmas present. So I turned the other way and he thought, well, he had turned the other way. And, he just kept going wherever I was going. So I turned the full 360, went the total opposite way, but in that 360, I slightly angled my body and um, I went into like a, a bit of a nosedive. So the speed and the velocity at which I was traveling when I deployed the parachute, because I was running out of space and time, um, as it deployed, it snapped some of the lines. Uh, mad crazy, got rid of that one, pulled the reserve out. And by the time I got my fingers through the toggles to uh, flare, I was pretty much hitting the ground, so um, yes. that was, yeah. <laughs> is that scarier than the fire incident? Um, I don't think anything can compare to the fire incident because that was so quick um, and I, I wasn't in pain. Um, I'd say the, the fire, the pain didn't stop for the next two weeks. Um, you know, I mean, they had to sedate me and they, they just kept putting more and more painkillers and morphine and everything in me. Yeah, one of those that will haunt me for the rest of my life. But I think I've overcome it now. So, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which, which, was, <laughs> which was the closest one where you thought, oh my God, this is it. This is, I'm brown bread. Or was none of them? To be honest with you, I, I never think that far ahead. So, um, <laughs> it's just with that situation. You know, whether it's you've got minutes left or you've got seconds left or split seconds, it's just, oh, what do I do now? Oh, pull that reserve. Oh, what do I do now? Run like hell out of this fire. Um, take the bullet out of my back. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, as you do. <laughs> I mean, I had uh, someone break into uh, a car back in South Africa, and when I approached them, uh, they sharpened the Allen key, which they used to get into the vehicle, and um, they used that in their defense and uh, stabbed me in the back. So it was like, next thing was, all right, defend myself. So hands up, knock the person out and take the thing out of her shoulder and go get stitches and come back. You know, it was, yeah, pretty much. Another, another day. Day in the yeah. So <laughs> We've got a few questions from the listeners, believe it or not, and they all seem to be related to this same topic. So people seem to be very, very keen. Um, so the first one we've got is, how is Big Grant alive? That is genuinely the question. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the, the question, it's, yeah. 
what, what, like, what, what keeps you, is, it a, is there a certain mindset you think that differentiates you from other people that keeps you going? Because most people would have get, called it a day after, you know, one near miss, but you think, you know what, I'm just going to keep, keep pushing my body to the limit. Yeah, um, I, I genuinely do think my time serving the Royal Marines is what molded me into the person I am today. Um, the mindset and the mental fortitude that you have to adapt um, to become that elite soldier, that non-questionable, programmed, um, fighting machine. It's a mindset that they, that they, they instill in you. And it's, I mean, I've adopted that and adapted it as well to my everyday life where I just, you just can't give up. You never give up. Regardless of how bad the situation is or how far behind you are or what's happened, you just can't give up. Um, you know, you need that mental strength. You have to create calluses within your mind to just harden everything and, and take whatever's thrown at you. Um, I even had a hole in the heart. So that was classified as a stroke or a heart attack. I don't even know what it was anymore, but they're both overrated. And that was, um, that was sealed with a titanium PFO closure thing in my bar. I don't even know what the medical term for it is. But for the actual operation, they gave me a piece of paper saying, you've got 50, 50% chance of coming out of this. And I was like, no problem. Where do I sign? Let's go. <laughs> Try and take me, you know? And um, that, that, that was it. It's, it's that attitude, that mental sort of resilience that you build up. You're like, you're not going to take me. I'm... Not that 50%, I'm this 50%, you know? So um, I suppose that's as best as I can answer that. You've got to just keep going, regardless of what cards you dealt or what gets thrown at you. Yeah. It just makes you a stronger person. It makes, I don't know about you, Chris, but it makes me feel, feel pathetic when I've moaned about certain things, you know, in life. And really, yeah, it's like, oh, it's cold or it's got wet. And you're like, no, this is nothing. Like, I, I stubbed my toe the other day. I smashed my toe into my desk. I was like, fuck that. I'm not training for a week. Oh my God, kill me. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm, I'm training tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm calling you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Make sure you're training. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Imagine, imagine Wes turning up at your door. We've got a question similar to the last one, um, which is how do you keep a positive mindset? So, what is it that, you, that keeps you, yeah, wanting to be that 50% survival and thinking, I can actually do this rather than, than giving up? Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a few contributing factors to that. Um, you know, one of them is I take inspiration from people that are worse off than I am. Um, and I've got a great example of this, and it's one of my good friends. Um, he's a quadriplegic. Um, he, he was special forces in the British um, SBS and uh, he, he was shot through the neck, uh, totally paralyzed. And I look at him and he just cannot, cannot give up. He, no matter what, the guy cannot move, but he won't give up. Um, broke me having to feed him, um, you know, because he couldn't lift his own spoon. But from being that elite soldier to not being able to move and control your own body gives me that strength where I'm digging deep down inside saying, well, some people have got a lot worse than I have, you know. Um, another one of my close friends, he got caught in an IED blast and uh, lost three of his limbs. The last limb that he did have left, a uh, massive hole in his hand. So he's only got use of pretty much two strong fingers. 
um, the guys in the gym with me in the morning, moaning and screaming and shouting and throwing weights around. And I'm looking around and I'm saying to some other guys, rubbing their eyes, go, I'm not feeling it this morning. I was yeah. like, yeah. you know, you don't think he's feeling it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that type of drive from others, uh, I tend to bounce off of other people quite a lot. And um, by keeping positive, by the motivation I get and support I get from my family, my wife, um, she's my absolute rock. I mean, holding a house without a solid foundation, it's going to crumble, isn't it? And she is my foundation. She's kept me grounded and she's the one that supports me. She's the one that kicks me out and says, right, go to the gym. You know, oh, God, do I have to? <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing. And reverting back to what you said, Chris, uh, you know, when you're saying, oh, yeah, maybe it's a bit cold and or you, you bump your toe or something like that. And she's the same whenever she says, oh, it's cold. You don't know what cold. I've been in the green, sleeping in the field when it's cold. Oh, it's wet and it's rainy. You don't know what rainy is. So it's, um, you know, these are the things that you have to just take with a pinch of salt. Whatever you've been through, somebody else has been through something worse. And you have to just take it on board and, and use that to your advantage. Yeah. Nice, nice. We've got, um, next question is, has the near-death experiences changed your thinking about life? It has. Um, I'm not sure if it's for the best, though. <laughs> because sometimes you look at it and you think, well, I'm invincible then, you know? I mean, that, that's it. Let's go. Bring it on. You know, but it's not going to put me out into the middle of the motorway challenging trucks, you know, at 80 miles an hour saying, Mark, you can't take me out. I know I'm going to come up second best. But <laughs> what it has done is it's, it's given me that, that thought pattern it's not the only thing that I am governed by. Um, you know, if obviously I've done a few things that have led to hiccups within my life, I can obviously overcome them. So it's, it's, it's a weird one. Um, you know, it, it's left me, again, not careless, not, not um, going out looking for any more near-death experiences. Um, but it's also made me realize that I'm here for a reason. And the reason I'm here, I may not have found that yet. Um, I, I like to think it's just to better one person's life. And if I can change one person's life, and whether that be via their attitude, their, um, you know, their resilience, their outlook on life, it could be that they want to end their life and I'm the person that's stopping them because they find motivation in me or something. Then I know I've done my job. Just that one person. And, you know, it's... It's an ongoing sort of snowball effect because that person would try and help someone else and someone else. So that gives me joy and comfort knowing that, you know, there's a positive behind every negative. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the last, and as Chris has got anything else, the last thing on this kind of topic, which is going to be a nice little uh, link, is what was harder emotionally? Your Royal Marine selection or prepping for your first fitness competition? I saw that question and I was dreading it. <laughs> you see that one? Because I think the first competition, it's the unexpected. Um, so, yeah, you don't really know what to expect. It was difficult. Um, you can ask my wife, she, she can vouch 100% for that. It was very difficult for her as well. Let's <laughs> go together. Yeah. Old story, I'll quickly jump into that. We were traveling up to the show and um, we stopped at the services. Um, I run off to the toilet because that stage of the game, you, 
you're pretty much leaking like uh, every yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, she she said, no, nah, she's just going to quickly end up in and get something. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. I was busy eating my chicken and rice out of my container, you know, all cold. And how'd you do? The boring old meal. Yep. And she jumps into the car with a bag full of KFC. Oh. I almost exploded. I shouted at her. I was about to throw it out the window and I just had to stop myself. And I was thinking, wow. You can't, you've got to control it, you know, it's, it's not your food, but just because of the smell, um, and, and I wanted it so badly, I was losing my marbles. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the actual Royal Marines training and selection with that, it's, it is arduous. I mean, that's 32 weeks and, um, with, I mean, it's the longest, hardest NATO training in the world. Prep is usually a good 12 to 16 weeks at best. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd say the Royal Marines was harder because it's a longer duration, but I'd be called a hypocrite if I said that because I've been in prep now since last Worlds, um, and I've had a few days off and I've, I've just been going all the way through. So this prep for me now, since it's been extended off this lockdown again, had just been pushing on and on and on. So um, yeah, equating to the time factor, <clears throat> I can't really say, but um, the actual discipline behind it, I think the Royal Marines was harder. Um, so I'll never take that away from them. So, yeah. Um, I also got a few questions. Uh, if, if you don't mind me just popping on and uh, answering one or two of them. Mate, go, go for it, mate. Go for it. Yeah. So one of them was uh, bodybuilders. Oh, let me just find it again. Sorry, if you bear with me for two seconds. There it is. Yeah, far away, mate, because we're going to go into your competing and your training and nutrition kind of world now. So, yeah. Well, one of them, will you marry me? Unfortunately not. Yeah, I'm already married. Uh, where are you from? We've covered that, South Africa originally. Um, I do live down in the southwest in Devon now. Um, what do you say to critics who say bodybuilders are narcissists? Now, that's a real interesting question because narcissist is a very strong word. Um, I would say... Instead of a narcissist, a, um, selfish, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say narcissist because it, it is a selfish sport. Yes. And it is a vain sport. So it's a vanity sport. And, and that, that's exactly what it is. It's all about yourself and look at me and this is how good I am going to look where you are judged in your naked skin. You strip down to your bare skin and that is it. It's somebody's judgmental opinion on mm. what you look. So, um, yeah, that, that sort of covers. I wouldn't say narcissist, though. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> it's a strange sport, and I, I think you're probably like the same as, as we were. We didn't get into the sport to go, oh, my God, look at me, I'm amazing. I got into the sport because I came through rugby, which was very competitive, and then it was like, now I'm training the gym for no purpose. And then it was like, oh, there is a sport that I can now train for. It just happens it is based on looks, but the, the training and discipline was still there, and I'm competitive, so I want to win. And yeah. that's it. The competitive side will always stay there with, with everyone. I mean, if you've got it in your blood, you will always have it. Um, the training for me, I've been on and off training. I mean, I've had to stay reasonably fit through my entire life, whether it be school sports, military, um, my job. And um, I just found at one stage, I was sitting behind the desk as an operations manager of a security firm, putting on a bit too much weight. January 2017, which was 
an early sort of date and I've just made the decision saying, right, that's it. I'm going to get back into the gym, start training. And it just took off from there. Then I was like, well, if I'm training like this and I can look like this, why don't I compete? And then the training turned into a therapy for me, but then the competing came sort of second nature because as you said, it's a competitiveness that you're still after, you know, and it fell in line with training in the gym. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, well, I, I could elude on to that sort of um, competition history. My first show, uh, I landed up on stage next to Tom Coleman, a very renowned person within the sport. And um, <clears throat> I even had the wrong trunks on. I knew nothing about the sport. These were like sort of half baggy, half, not, not even board shorts. They were just wrong. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, not the mankini type wrong, but yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, I was sweating like I'd just come out of the shower. My tan was running everywhere. I was shaking. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, someone, you know, turned to the side and did a side pose. So I like, looked at them. I was like, yeah, that's what I should be doing. So let's do a side pose. Let's put our hands up and double buys. And so I was like, I was, was taking the Margate, lead. mate? Okay. Was this down in Margate? Uh, no. So this was a show with the PCA in Hampshire. Ah, got ya. So my first show was with them. Um, I was lucky enough to take third place and an invite to the British finals uh, where I placed fourth um, in Britain. And I was like, great, those are my first two shows ever. Um, you know, this isn't too bad. I had, this, I had the correct trunks for the second show. I'll just throw it okay. out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, from that, I mean, I went on, got a proper coach, uh, which, you know, got, got me into better condition. Um, with that came different sort of um, guidance and, and then different federations were opened up to me. Um, where I went into the Miami Pro, took on my, my show there, won my category as a muscle model. Um, that was the Universe Championships in 2017. Gained my pro status and the very next week um, I phoned the Pure Elite Federation and asked them if I could challenge their pros as a pro because they accepted the pro status. So they accepted that, um, went on, dethroned their current two times champ. Um, and I think that was the first time I competed with you, Tim. Yes, it was, I believe. 2017, yeah. Um, so that was quite great. Um, uh, I landed up winning uh, world titles and that in two different categories as well. And then onto the British UK Championships the following year, then back to the World Championships with Pure Elite, um, where then I thought, you know, I need to obviously step it up uh, to the next level. Um, I, I can't just hang around and, you know, coast, coast through things. So I um, took it up to the next level to the WBFF and started competing internationally. Uh, first show in Atlantic City, took my pro status there. And then LA took fourth, uh, went onto the Bahamas where I landed up taking second place to the current champion. Um, so he's, he's two times champion now. And in preparation for this world championships, hoping to um, take that first spot, one more spot to climb. Oh yeah. Where are they now? The, is it Bahamas or somewhere? It was in the Bahamas. They've since obviously had the lockdown extended further. Um, so they've rescheduled it for November the 7th in the O2 Arena in London. Oh, nice. I should, um, I should come back out of retirement, mate, and um, step, step back on stage. 
I'd love to see you there, mate. That would be absolutely awesome because you know how much fun we have on stage. So I don't think I'll be in the in the muscle category, mate, with WFF. I think I'll be back yeah in the fitness ranks. <laughs> it's only because I'm taller. That's why they put me in that one. I was saying, not, not because yeah. of the fitness ranks. How does um, competing rank for you in terms of enjoyment? So you said obviously you played rugby previously. What other kind of sports have you kind of delved into, or is it just basically rugby and kind of bodybuilding, really? Um, no, I've got a, a big sort of background of sports. Um, everything from kickboxing. Um, I, I ended up taking kickboxing to quite a high level where I competed um, at world championships at a younger age. Um, I placed within the top 10 in the world from a, a young age. South African champion for four years in a row, I think it was. Uh, rugby, uh, rowing, I took to quite a serious level while I was at school. Swimming, um, it collided a lot with the rowing timetable, but um, every time they needed someone to just get in, get to the other side of the pool as quick as possible, zero technique, zero training, I was just one big ball of white mess across to the other side. And, uh, so it, it was quite good. Um, then, what other sports have I done? I mean, I, I've taken up skydiving. That was part of a military career that I had done. But uh, I've always been competitive, um, you know, which is, you're born with it, it's in your blood. Mate, this was going to ask you, do, do you think you were this successful, all these different sports and things you put your mind to, do you think it was down to a genetic factor or just your mindset or your sort of upbringing? Or do you think it was like a combination of all three? Because um, that's some serious accolades you just listed there. That, that's, not, that's not normal. <laughs> I'm about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd hate to say it was genetics because if you've ever met my parents, um, they both not only yay big. Um, uh, my mom claims she's got bigger calves than me, and my dad claims she's got bigger shoulders than me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a running family joke, and I train those calves like hell, and I make sure <laughs> the shoulders are as good as it is. That span is always there. Um, but yeah, they, they were never quite the sportiest um, parents, so it hasn't been passed on that way genetically. Um, however, I think my genetic makeup has obviously allowed me to compete to whatever level I limit myself to, which is nothing. I don't put a limit on anything. Um, you know, they said to me, I'd never be able to skydive because I was too heavy for the biggest parachute that they ever had. And I said, watch me. Um, I landed up going, doing it, making my way all the way down to a smallish size parachute. Yeah. Um, getting over, 250 jumps, I did wing suiting, I did all sorts, so there's no limitation, um, you know. If... Hey, we're back here! We're there, we're there! <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare again. Wes, you can explain what the hell just went on there, mate. <laughs> right, yeah. Are you pushing record, are you? <laughs> You're on record now, mate, yeah, we went straight in. Oh God, right. So we've got three of the most tech-savvy people in the world trying to help um, a little bar. You know that like, like Wi-Fi bar? When it gets like full, yeah, it may have gone to the top floor, but the elevator doesn't reach a top floor with us three trying to work this out, does it? So, yeah. <laughs> Oh well, you've got a lovely new background. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. It does have to change um, rooms and trying to sort things out, but... Um, yeah, just uh, quickly picking up back from where I left off of, um, just saying, obviously, you create limitations for yourself, and that's the only thing that's stopping each person from achieving their goals. Um, you asked if it was a 
genetic or DNA background. I told you, yeah, my parents weren't very sporty. The mindset that was created and that resilience was built up through the Royal Marines itself. Um, the, the only other thing I could think of is, you know, you, you, your own person that's going to strive for something, should you be interested in it. If you were interested in rugby, you'd take it all the way to that level where you'd do anything you can to make sure you got that ball and scored that try. Um, to, you know, a cyclist pushing down harder and harder with every pedal that, you know, one foot in front of the other for runners. And for, for athletes, obviously, competing in bodybuilding, it's rep after rep, lifting those weights and pushing yourself to new limits, dieting, making sure you're not cheating. Um, so, yeah, that hopefully covers it all. Um, Nick, yeah. I do believe also you wanted to ask more about my family life and how I balance doing things like that. Yeah, I was going to transition from what you were just saying there about always doing your best and making sure you're putting your best foot forward. How important is that for you to be a really positive role model for your kids and for your wife as well? Jesus, I think it's, it's, it's the number one, the most important thing ever. Um, you know, if I can show my kids that you can do anything you put your mind to, the sky's the limit for them. Um, especially in this new day and age where everything's all about Instagram and the way you look and how many followers you have and mm -hmm. what car you drive and if you've got the latest phone or the biggest fashion, it's all about a perception of you know, you and, and you, you're being judged at all, all times. So um, for my kids, to show them to step outside that, set your limits as high as you want, well, your, your, your goals, sorry, not limits, your goals. If you want to be a doctor, that's it. Work day in, day out, study, to go and do what you need to do to obviously get those levels, to get into university, to be able to practice as a doctor. Yeah. You want to become a builder, you want to become an architect, you want to do whatever you want to do. You want to compete, you want to be a bodybuilder. You've got to put the calories in and you've got to lift the heavy weights, you know? So it's, it's all about just doing that actual thing. Um, I like always saying to everyone is just get shit done. Um, that's one of my mottos, just get shit done. What's the point in whining about it and, oh, I don't have time and, oh, I've got to do this and I'm tired. Okay, we're all tired. Um, we've all got excuses. And as long as you're stronger than your weakest excuse, you'll always succeed. Um, you know, the, the hardest part is putting your trainers on in the morning and dragging your ass out of bed to get to that gym. Um, you know, that is the hardest part. But once you've got your trainers on, you're up, you're going. You know, yeah, you may be scratching your head and half asleep, you know, walking into the walls and stuff like that, but you're up, you're going. And that's it. So you've overcome that first hardest barrier, and that, that's, the, that's the one that you want to overcome. Because the rest is easy from there. I mean, people keep making excuses and... If I can quickly break down my average day to people and you guys, you'd be shocked. With an hour's travel each way, so that comes to 14 hours. 14 hours away from the family, okay? You, you've obviously got another 10 hours left in a 24 hour day. We're all working off the same day. I'm just making sure of that, yeah? Matthew, yeah, guys, yeah. this is a lesson. Yeah, so within. Yeah. within those 10 hours, if I do an hour's cardio, I've got nine hours left. Um, if I do a two hour session, I mean, I've only got seven hours left. Within those seven hours, save food prep, going to the toilet, shit shower shave, um, scratching your head when you wake up, putting your shoes on, getting dressed, whatever, miscellaneous, an extra hour. 
right? Just for argument's sake. That leaves me six hours left in the day. I sleep for three of those hours, that leaves me hours with the family and to do chores that I need to do. Um, I'm also doing three, sometimes four jobs I hold down at the same time. Um, you know, I'm, while I'm not physically at work, um, I'm at home or well, in the gym within the area. I'm a firefighter. I'm an online coach. I do coach protection and bodyguarding. So just breaking a day down where people are like, well, I don't have time. Yeah. Everyone's got time. The question is how badly do you want it? What are you going to sacrifice to make that time? So I sacrifice sleep. Um, yeah. You know, I'll make sure that when I'm finished my 12 hour shift at six o'clock in the morning, I get home by seven. I'm training till eight, 8.30 and I'm doing my cardio until 9.30. So I'm at home by 9.30, 10 ish in the morning and I get to see my family. I mean, I haven't slept yet. So this is all now family time. Um, once they over the excitement of seeing daddy's home, yeah, great. I quickly should often get one, two hours sleep, maybe three hours at a push. And then I'm up again, um, all to be. So it is, it is doable. Anyone can do it. Arnie's famous, you know, quote was just sleep faster. Um, you know, I, I just say, be that person that if you make excuses, you're not going to get the results. So stop making excuses and make solutions, make, make answers, make results. You're the only person that can do that. Um, I've got two kids and I give my time to them. Um, I've got a wife. I give all my time to her too. And they are the things that keep me going. They, they're the ones that push me forward and drive me. So, um, yeah. That's uh, pretty impressive. I mean, how on earth are you surviving on three hours? And um, is it affecting your training in any way? Or you don't think, you know, it's actually making a massive impact on that? Yeah, um, it does. Uh, if, if, I, if I'm going to sit here and be honest, yeah, it does. It affects my training massively. I could be triple the size. Because we, <laughs> we know that sleep is impressive to any bodybuilder. Um, but it's what has to be done. It's how I have to do things to survive. So yeah, I may not bring the best rested body to the gym every day to be able to train, to maximize that push, to maximize that muscle growth, to maximize the cell recovery and all of that type of stuff. I may not be able to maximize everything, but I sure as hell am getting that all into one day. Um, the thing that keeps me going is my, my, my own reasons for going to the gym. Um, my deep and dark sort of therapy is the gym. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's my push forward and I have to go to keep me sane, um, to, to fight all the demons. I used to drink. Um, drinking was one of the things that most military people do. Um, and it was to get to sleep at night. I'd go through a bottle of whiskey. The problem is, you know, that was trying to drown your, um, <laughs> yeah, trying to drown your demons. But when your demons learn how to swim, it's not that easy to drown them. You know, in the whiskey, you can drink as much as you want. They're there. They are still there. So um, finding another reason to, to, to get rid of them was exercise and throwing around the iron plates. Um, coffee. I do, <laughs> I do rely on a lot of strong, big black coffee. Um, I've got two much here, actually. Yeah, I'll finish that one. That one's I still got some. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, coffee, water, pre-workouts. Um, it's, it's do what you have to do. So yeah. Training look then at the moment. Um, is it different? I'm guessing it's vastly different from your marine days. How how does it sort of look now and versus how it sort of previously looked? Well, 
through the marine career, um, a lot of it was based on cardio and endurance. Um, I mean, one of the final commando tests was 30 miles across Dartmoor um, with a kit on your back. And that's in boots and you just go in and go in and go in for endless amounts of hours. You know, it's, it's non-stop endurance. And um, I'd say more so than the actual physical side of it, there was the mental side that was pushing you through all of that. But that's what's created me. That's what's developed me and, and molded me into the person I am today to push through the endurance of continuous repetitions, you know, lifting the weights all the time. Um, I don't do as much cardio. We all know too much cardio. You're going to burn too many, uh, too many calories, all your muscle that you've gained. So it's the balance between the two. Um, you know, as much cardio as needed to stay lean in a good physique and, and um, you know, keep the vascularity and, and shape and uh, enough heavy weights to, um, to ensure you're stimulating the muscle and, yeah, and you're optimizing your growth. So um, it's, it is a total mixture. Um, you know, well, well, two opposite ends of the stick, from one from the training to this now. Um, you didn't have to be super strong in the Marines. I had guys half my size, half my weight, doing the exact same stuff that I was, I was doing. So, yeah, nutrition played a good part in that too. I mean, a big difference from eating ration packs out in the field um, to eating what we can now is meal prepped food, you know, delivered to your door. So, um, if I knew back then what I knew now, um, I may have changed a few things where I could have um, through my normal day-to-day -day living while I was on camp or within the UK and non-deployment roles. But when you're out in Afghanistan, you haven't got the choice. You eat what you've got. Um, you know, one of our convoys was taken out just before Christmas on my first operational tour. And um, we, we didn't have enough water to survive for the next two weeks, I think it was. So we were limited to one liter of water a day in a 50 degree heat. Um, and, and that was to wash your clothes, to drink, to brush your teeth, to cook, to everything, um, to shave. So you had to make a few choices and sacrifices, you know. You'd make a hot coffee, you'd have a sip of the hot coffee and keep the hotness in your mouth, shave with the hotness on the outside of the mouth, um, turn your socks inside out so you wouldn't have to wash those, take half a liter on patrol with you because it's 50 degrees Celsius, and um, cooking food wasn't an option, so you've got ration packs like under the arms or left on top of the vehicles so it can bake in the sun. Um, that's what we had to do, you know, so. Survive. Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Walk in the easy life. Yeah. Kids, four jobs, easy. <laughs> Anyone can do it. Maybe it just matters. Maybe feel very lazy, I'm not gonna, not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> what I needed, I think. I needed someone to tell me that when I say I'm busy, that's not busy. <laughs> yeah. That's busy. <laughs> yeah. But then again, there's people busier than I am. So I'll never take it for granted. And then I'll never, I'm never looking for a sympathy card saying, oh, Jesus, you know, give him a break. I don't want a break. Yeah. A break would kill me. It literally would. Today, I think I got two hours sleep and I shifted a ton's worth of stone chippings from the front garden where they had obviously dumped them. You know, they bring those big bags of, yeah. of stone. And I didn't have a wheelbarrow, so I asked the neighbor if I could borrow a bucket. Pulled the bucket in and bucket at a time, walked back and forth, delivering a ton's worth of stones into the back garden. So if I didn't do it, no one would. So I've got to do it. You know, I'm keeping myself busy because as I say, if I was static, I didn't have all of these things pushing me forward. 
I genuinely reckon I would die. So that keeps me going. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like a well-oiled machine. There you go. There's, there's your motivation. Um, and now, something not very motivating, we're going to go on to the section called In the Bin. So basically, anything that we feel deserves to be binned off from life. What do you hate? What do you want to get rid of? Put it in the bin. We each have a say. Mr. Grant, over to you. Well, in the bin. Um, excuses. Yeah, that can go in the bin. <laughs> We've covered that really big time here today. So, um, um, what else? Now, excuses is a good one, mate, unless you've got a better one. I mean, that's... Excuses are good, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd really say, yeah, excuses, um, throw that in the bin. You know, you as, soon as, yeah, as soon as you start bringing them up, you, you're trying to find it out. You're trying to find a way, you know. Um, mm. Alcohol, for me, I'm teetotal now, um, so that goes in the bin as well. But I'm not negating it. I had a great time drinking. Don't get me wrong. Some of the best time I was drinking, but became a problem and I had to get rid of it. So I got, you know, got that and threw it in the bin. Um, uh, I can still have a great time out. Grant, you're probably the only person we're going to let just throw whatever you want in there, mate. We'll just, we'll just let, just throw it all away. Just, we'll just let you keep rolling. Yeah. I'll just put loads of things in the bin, yeah. I'm not going to dispute it, mate. I'll be honest. I don't know if Chris is, but. Hey, Chris. I'm like, I'm close to my laptop. <laughs> that's mine laptop yeah. excuses I like that one that's uh, yeah that's great because I the amount of people I see on a day to day basis when I obviously work in a gym the excuses are mad like why people can't achieve like the most basic of things it's crazy you know oh I'm too old oh I've got to be at work you know, this is madness I've seen some people in the best shape of their lives at 60 years old, 60 years old competing in better shape than you and me have been in. Mm -hmm. And I just think to myself, wow, that's because they stopped making excuses. And as a PT, you know, as well, everyone comes up with why they didn't follow the diet or yeah. why they can't be there or why they're late or why they haven't done the cardio that you, you know, it's, it's, um, prescribed for them. It's just a million excuses. Mm -hmm. Fucking just get them in the bin and just you know get get on with life get shit done that's it so there you go get it's shit done that is it that's it that's the motto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chris well, i've got one today um but i mean this probably isn't going to stick now wes has just decided to tell us that he doesn't like alcohol i was going to put hangovers in the bin because i had the worst hangover from hell on sunday but i think that's not really going to stand up now is it because i could have just got rid of alcohol and that cures the whole the whole lot Prevention, but, rather than, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How long, did the, how long did the hangover last? Was it the whole day? Was it one of them yeah, last I, mean, it, it, I feel human now after going out on Saturday night, so, um, yeah. And also, as you get older, you, your, your tolerance level for the next day. Yeah, agree. smaller And you just think, well, okay, well, there's an easy way, just out drink it, you know, or <laughs> just stay whatever it is, but it just catches up with I'm you. Good at drinking still very good at drinking, just very bad at hangovers. <laughs> That's the aftermath, yeah. So you yeah. haven't quite dealt with the after part of it. <laughs> Can always put them away oh, the whole night, yeah, which is great. Don't worry about it. But that's also what I like about things is people don't see 
past what they need to. I mean, like that, for example, don't worry about the hangover. Go out, drink, get absolutely blattered. It's brilliant because you haven't thought about the aftermath. And I like not thinking about the aftermath because if you, you were too worried and wrapped up the whole life about what if, what if this had to happen, what if that had to happen, you'd be an absolute waste of space, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd be a little mess in the corner, protected by everyone's cotton wool and bubble wrap yeah. and bullshit. I say nonsense to that. Just go out, live life, do what you have to. Right? So, oh, that's it. I'm going outside. outside. I'm going for a run as well. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate, you should be doing sprints at four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? What are you putting in the bin? What am I putting in the bin? I'm putting literally smelly bins in the bin because I've had a real issue this past week, right? No, I've been... That's going to make yeah. it extra smelly bin. <laughs> I, need, I need another bin for the bin. Like, honestly, I don't know what's going on with, with my flat at the moment. Every time I put something in the bin, it'll be like a little bit full, stinks out the whole flat. I don't know what it is. You, mate. It's you. 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 It's oh, your bin in your house. It's, <laughs> it's, there's nothing in it. I've cleaned it. There's nothing in it. I'm like, why does it stink? <laughs> and you haven't thought about getting a new bin? <laughs> no. <that's, sighs> come on. He hasn't left the house. He hasn't left the house. <laughs> you might need a new house, mate. It might be the house is the problem. That, that's it. That's the easy that's solution. Go on. Buy a new house. <laughs> Just like that. Just don't think about the consequences. We've just learned this. Just go and do it. Go and buy a new house. That's it. Yeah. Don't worry if you can keep up with the mortgage repayments. Yeah. There's always yeah, someone. <laughs> do four jobs. Well, it's time of the day. It's time. <laughs> right. Chris, you've got the, um, the most important questions of the day because my phone has died. Yeah. So don't worry. I've got them here on my phone. I'm going to read them out. This is what we call the quick fire five. So I'm just going to shout them out to you. Give me like a one-word, two-word answer. <laughs> just, well, Chris, we did a we did a we did a practice run of this, Wes, when you were trying to dial in. So I've predicted all your answers already. Yeah, you predicted. Just you predicted how I got shot. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. The answers to these next few questions. Well, question okay. number one is your favourite drink. Just favourite drink, water. I love water. Ah, uh, we said. What did we say? Buffalo blood. I think. Buffalo. So we got that wrong. Blood. <laughs> question two, favourite food? <laughs> Sorry, question two, favourite food? Favourite food. My go-to answer for this was protein all the time, but it's chicken. I absolutely love chicken. So Ooh. my diet is the easiest in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favourite body part to train or exercise? Right. Shoulders. Absolutely love training shoulders. Um, they, they're just one of my ultimate. Because legs were lagging behind right in the beginning of my career, I've made them my favorite body part to train now. So I've switched the mindset to make it one of my right. favorites. Awesome. Cool. Uh, dream job. Dream job is to be a stay at home dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is it. Stay at home dad. Look after my kids and not have anything else to worry about. Well, I'll have to worry about, but that's it, yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, favourite music to train to, and then after this, we need two songs for our playlist that we have on Spotify. Right. Um, I'd more than likely say rap. So DMX, uh, DMX, ultimate favourites. Uh, yeah. Love it. But, um, one of the songs from my playlist, um, 
Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. It's one of those powerful songs. Come on, you've got to have that. Something nice and angry. And um, uh, uh, I can't say which is one of my favorite DMX songs. All of them. Um, any of the DMX songs. <laughs> I just absolutely yeah. just yeah, smash it away. That's it. Yeah. Gangster. Uh, it's not like <laughs> Mike might drop in the place but it's like weights I take weights and I'm like weight drop spread <laughs> <laughs> through the floor <laughs> I know with the, amount of, the amount of weight he bicep curls mate there'll be a hole in anyone's floor <laughs> <laughs> talk about me aren't you Tim obviously yes of course <laughs> <laughs> Chris is the biggest liquid yeah come on we know it's you know exactly are we having a flex off Phil we're having a flex off come on now <laughs> come on Tim get them out Get the guns. Get them out. Oh. Tell them the big dog Chase is still in the game. Yes. Because yeah, I've got a little that head. Is it. <laughs> wow. There we go. I can always make my head look smaller. <laughs> we, we should really get, we should really get this. Uh, minion head and big horns and body. That's it. So. We, should, we should get this for the um, image for the podcast. We should just do a new one with everyone flexing. Yeah. yeah. I'll screenshot it later. You'll see me getting closer and closer to the camera. <laughs> oh, God. Right. That was the five. Thank you very much. Mate, I've lost track of where we are with life or anything now. Um, well, <laughs> we're flexing. That's what life is now. I mean, that was it. That's put me right off. Um, so, before we finish, what is your top tip? for people to live a healthy and happy life. You've dropped a hell of a lot of bombshells. Do you want to sum it up with a, you know, a takeaway message for everyone? Yeah, um, I'd say be gentle on yourself. Don't be such a critic. Uh, don't beat yourself up. Don't limit yourself either. Um, and to, to, to live a healthy lifestyle, you don't have to be a bodybuilder with the strictest diet in the world. Go out, enjoy yourself, have your meal, um, go and eat out, have a takeaway, have a pizza for crying out loud, but do it within limitations. Um, you know, you've got the people that take things to the extreme. Don't take binge eating to the extreme. That's fucking just going to absolutely ruin you. So um, be active, be present. Um, be there for your loved ones because they're the ones that are going to be there for you through it all, through thick and thin. Um, and yeah, last but not least, I could say, you know, if you really want to move forward within your lifestyle and, and create a healthier, happier one, um, just keep moving. No matter what the fuck it is in life that you're doing, keep moving. Um, keep moving. As soon as you study. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> keep moving, yeah. So for those of you that want to still keep moving, I've got another ton of stones coming to my house tomorrow. If anyone volunteers, <laughs> you can keep moving that way. <laughs> um, that is the perfect way for us to finish with how can people find you? How can they um, get in touch with you, follow you, get in touch with your coaching services, that sort of thing? Okay. Um, yeah. So I have got an uh, Instagram account, a big underscore grantee. Uh, Facebook page is Wesley Grant. Um, well, that's my personal account, but then Big Granty Fitness is the page. Um, Twitter is at Big Granty 1000. And last but not least, the online coaching, that's biggranty.com. 
So right. yeah, there we have it. I'll get this checked out, mate. Definitely. I haven't actually looked at your website yet. I must admit. So I'll, I'll check it out. No problem. Um, awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on, buddy. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Really enjoyed it. Had a great laugh. Had a um, new learn uh, learned lesson on technology as well. Um, how to get yeah things working. We yeah, we've all had a lesson tonight in tech, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work, work. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thanks so much, and yeah, until next time. Keep safe, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll catch you soon. Hell yeah. Get shit done. Get shit done. <laughs> we need, actually, God, we need, we need, mate, we, we need you to shout at the screen, get shit done, and then just then slap your laptop so I can uh, put that as the start of the filming for the whole podcast. <laughs> Are you ready for it? <laughs> Get shit done. <laughs> oh, it's gone. Yeah, wow. it. Is it doing anything at all? Uh, no, cannot sign in. Please check your network connection. Fucking 100%. All right, bear with me again. No worries. Wait. That can be the intro. Yeah, that's the intro. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit any of this out. So we're currently sitting here. We uh, ran out of time on the first meeting and we've now lost Wes. So it's gone yeah. well. Hmm. I mean, we can answer the questions on his behalf. Um, <laughs> do you like the Marines thing? <laughs> it was good. It's it tough. Um, it's, it's probably tougher than I thought it was going to be, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot more swimming than I was expecting. I don't know why. I thought it would be a bit more, a bit drier. Yeah, fair enough. Um, did you like parachuting? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was good. It's funny. Yeah. Probably the okay. highlight highlight of the uh, of the day when I went parachuting. Good. Mm. Do you like training and nutrition? Just do you like it? Mm. Yeah, it's good. Good, good. Um, do you like in the bin? <laughs> No, we've got a bit of internet connection in this goddamn bin. Yeah, I think that's unanimous, isn't it? Mm. Well, that's that section done, so... Uh, then just, just wrap it up now. Do you want me to answer his five for him now? Do you want me to just yeah. ask five questions? Uh? Favourite drink? Um, or, like, uh, buffalo blood. It's going to be something like that, isn't it? It's going to be, Yeah. Yeah. Favourite food would be the buffalo, I assume, so I'll ignore that. Oh, hello. Is he on? New meeting. <laughs>